You're listening to the Sprues and Brews podcast, your weekly podcast looking at all things Warhammer. Hello and welcome to episode 133 of the Sprues and Brews podcast. My name is Dave and I'm joined once again by Matt. Hello. And Jay. Hello. So on this week's show, we're going to be talking about all of the recent new releases. So we've had Warhammer Underworlds, uh, I forgot what the names are, the Crimson Court, uh, the Vampire Warband for Diachasm. We've also got the latest Adeptus Titanicus books, which we're going to talk about a little bit later on in the show. And for this week's top three, in honour of Bellacor returning to the mortal realms, we wanted to, uh, we want to discuss our top three models or sort of characters we'd like to see get Broken Realms books at some point in the series. Um, so quite a lot of content to get through. We've also got all the regular features such as the news and also the community top three picks. But before we get stuck into all of that, shall we discuss what we've been doing in the hobby this week? So Jay, what have you been up to? I have built so many models, Dave. <laughs> I have are you built... out? No, I'm not. I'm loving it. It's awesome. I've got no room on my desk. My desk is packed full underneath the boxes of spruce. So I've built pretty much two Luminef armies. Um, the Shrine, the all the Scenari characters like the Calligrave, the um, Law Seeker, all the Hurricane Wind Chargers, Wind Mages, Wind Spirits, Alarif Stoneguard, more Wardens, um, the Twins character... The Lord Regent, 15 Swordmasters, and I'm not finished. I've still got more to go. Um, as well as all that, I've built all of the Cursed City stuff, which as soon as you dropped it off, Dave, I just opened it up and started building it. And then I, I didn't mean to build it all. I only meant to build a little bit. You mean to build it all. I did, but I couldn't stop. I think I texted you halfway through saying, I'm just going to build four more characters, I'm going to set up a game, and then I built all eight characters. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I started painting the um, so on the stream yesterday I was painting up Qualafis uh, the Kurnofi Exile, um, really really cool model. Uh, so she's the hero I'm going to be taking through Curse City in our games until she dies horribly at the hands of some <laughs> zombie ogres or something. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> um, my plan is to try and get get her finished and that's it. Um, I want to get cracking on the Luminef really to get a thousand points painted up before we can start gaming inside in a few weeks' time. Mm-hmm. Um, I did see. I'll have to. I'll try and dig it out on Twitter because I don't. I can't take credit for this um, color scheme, but I saw a really, really cool. Um, almost like do you know the red, black, white um, sort of graphic novel style art they've got going for Cursity. Yeah, because in the tra- in the trailer it was all in that red and black comic book style, wasn't it? Yeah, and I, I know the models you're on about, and they look so good, don't they? Yeah, someone's managed to replicate it really easily. I'll, I'll dig out the, the the Twitter, the actual person who's done it, and basically just using different greys, reds, spray cans, and, and angling them at a certain uh, angle. Uh, they've managed to get a really, really effective stylistic looking QC. I'm thinking of doing that for all of the um, adversaries and the ah, nice. stuff. So the heroes have got are fully painted, but the the rest of the the, the army the, the board is um, this red, black, white, grey sort of colour scheme. That's the plan anyway. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Get get some on the board um, quite quickly. I like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. Um, I forgot to say, actually, top of the podcast, we are going to have a, a quick chat about Curse City later on in the show as well, about our initial thoughts on it, um, the building of the models, the lore and stuff. Models are awesome. 
Um, so Jay mentioned a little bit there that you actually appeared on the the stream with Matt yesterday. So I think that ties quite nicely. My hands did. Your hands did, yeah. <laughs> and your voice, your voice appeared voice, on, yeah. the, on the on the stream as well. I'm a paint so, bucket. Paint bucket, yeah. <laughs> so I think that that goes quite nicely onto you, Matt, and, and what you've been up to in the hobby this week. Wow, over this week I've um, I built I built the content to Cursor again eagerly anticipating it arriving and spent pretty much the whole day building it really nice models they go together perfectly uh i think they're some of the best models games which we've done all we, all we were saying weren't we like why do they even build multi-part kits anymore why isn't everything just easy to build oh yeah you know i'd i'd you know i'd happily buy a, a start collecting box i mean we speculated that is the content of this going to form the basis of start collecting Soulblight Vampire uh, Grave Lords? And I'd happily buy a set like that as a start collecting set. Yeah. yeah, you lose out on you know if you have duplicates, they have similar poses. But I mean to be fair, with the with the zombies and the skeletons, there's still a few combinations that you can do. So yeah, they're, they're really really cool. Uh, I also built and started painting the Crimson Court that Dave mentioned earlier. So I painted the big guy with the uh, the double-handed mace, the pole dancer. He's uh, he's really cool. So yeah, and I did Velas von Fane on the uh, the stream. She's almost finished now. A couple of highlights to do, just base it, and then yeah, that's two of the four vampires out the way. Normally I'd kind of batch paint these all in one go, but because these, at it, it, the least, I'm going to proxy them for vampire lords in my soul blight army when I get them. Uh, and you never know, they might have a cool war scroll as well. So I kind of want to go to town on them a little bit. I've I've gone for an unusual flesh colour for them, kind of a purpley flesh tone. Cheers. I want to try and, re- try and re- re- recreate that across all the vampires in the army. Then they kind of stand out from all the zombies and skeletons and stuff. So, yeah, really enjoyed doing them. I also did a bit of um, of the cloth on my Mega Gargants. But the poor Mega Gargant have been moved off the painting desk now because there's, you know, Curse City and Vampires to paint. So, yeah. But no, it's been uh, it's been really fun painting these up. So hopefully, I think I'm going to stream tomorrow night. So hopefully make a start on the third of these vampires. Excellent stuff. Yeah, I really like the look of them. It's a really nice looking warband. I think you keep saying, Matt, how they're absolutely knocking out the part with the warbands for this season of Underworlds. Oh, they absolutely uh, are. I don't think there's been a bad one that we've seen. I mean, in previous seasons, there's some where I've gone, nah, I'm not entirely fussed on them, but every single one we've seen, even the Uruks, and I haven't got an AOS Uruk army, I'll be picking them up to paint. Um, yeah. Yeah, they just look all, all look really good, don't they? I think, I, I know we obviously keep saying, like, the, the, the production quality of the plastic is, like, uh, it just keeps getting better and better, but it does feel like over the past few months, like Curse City, the Warhammer Underworld, Warbands, um, some of the big new characters we've got, like Bellico coming back, and something else that we're going to talk about in the news, they just seem to have like taken it up another level. <laughs> it's like oh, crazy. It's, it is crazy. I, I don't know. It's every release, like the last couple of months, like oh, that's the best things you've really done, and then the next one's even more impressive, isn't yeah. it? It's mental, absolutely mental. Uh, but yeah, your uh, your your vampires looking absolutely awesome. Can't wait to see what you do with a whole a whole army of them. Cheers. Be really cool. Um, so I have also been on the the Curse City bandwagon. I've not quite built all the um, the bad the bad guys yet. They're all the uh, zombies and the skeletons. Um, but I have built all the heroes, and obviously we'll we'll talk about a bit more about building the models and stuff later on in the podcast. Um, but I have started painting. Is it Brutog? Brutog Br- 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 um, Br- 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 Br-
and Jelson Durrock, the um, the two two of the heroes, uh, are the two characters that I'm torn between starting playing when we can finally get around the table and, and have a game of Curse City. So I thought I'd just paint them both at the same time. Although the ogre's probably had a little bit more attention than Jelson. He's the ogre's nearly finished, um, so um, I'm hoping to get him finished tonight and then he's Jelson a, finished tomorrow. He's had a bit of attention on Twitter, hasn't he, your ogre? Yeah, he appears to have done. Yeah, yeah, which is um, which is really good. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really happy with him. I'm really feeling the ogres at the moment. I've I've practically finished my ogre tyrant. Um, he is just waiting on a couple of colours, which uh, I'm waiting for deliveries of. So there's not a lot I can do with him until they arrive. Um, and the only other thing I've built this week is is free ogres. So um, that's that's it. I've not built anywhere near as much as you, Jay. Uh, but I don't think anybody this week in the world has built nearly <laughs> as much as you I'm have. I'm not finished. You should see under my desk. I've still got a, another box of Alarish Stoneguard to build, three um, Starshard um, Ballistas, another box of Swordmasters. What else have we got down there? The Banner Blade, um, a box of Sentinels. And I think that's it, though. I think I'm done Do you know? Uh, do you know, that's, that, that, that's incredible for the fact that you've not even had a game with them yet. Um, no. <laughs> that you've I got so many... Although we did have a game on TTS, I guess. So we have, but have I've not put my models on the table. But yeah, I'm aiming to get. I mean, I've been writing 1,000 point army lists to, to take um, to, to, to fight in six weeks' time, so I can at least start playing a game with 1,000 points. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I need to paint, I think I definitely need to get the wardens done next. Um, maybe a unit of swordmasters and some cavalry, whether it's the dawn riders or the hurricane. It's probably going to be the hurricane wind charges, to be the fair. Kangaroos, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, I tell you what did frighten me. I watched. Um, I finished watching a battle report last night as I was um, uh, just uh, doing some extra finishing touches before I went to bed, and I watched Lumineth versus Ogres on. Um, I think it was Guerrilla Wargaming. Uh, because obviously, when I played against your Lumineth, I think I used um, the Bone Reapers J. I think. Yeah. Um, so I didn't have to worry about morale. I tell you what, I, the, the stuff, the shenanigans, though Lumineth can get up to. It's it's going to be interesting to play against you. Very interesting. to Play. Oh yeah, the the bravery, um, the the debuffing effects with the bravery and things like that. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how that goes because I mean that is a very powerful tool in the Lumineths arsenal, I think, coupled with mm. the Snari to reflect battle shock. Um, mm. But I wonder what battle bravery changes we'll see in Age of Sigmar Frey, if any. Wow, you see, against that, I'd take multiple tyrants and bully all your units. Well, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the uh, oh, the tyrants. All oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, but you can cause mortal wounds to the units, and then they'd have to take battle shock. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's what you'll have to do, Dave. <laughs> that is what I'll have to do. Slap my own ogres to make sure they don't run away. <laughs> Excellent stuff. That uh, concludes the introduction to this week's episode. We have quite a bit to get through, so we're going to take a pause and we'll come back with this week's news. So what do we have in this week's news, Matt? Well, it's uh, quite a few kits up for pre-order this weekend. So on Saturday, we have got Bellacore himself with his gorgeous new model. Uh, it's £89, which is actually less than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. I don't know how... I think he's about on par with a with a Greater Demon kit. So uh, I think that works out a little bit more. But I was really expecting him to be £100 plus based on Techless and Mega Gargants and stuff. I saw him compared to a Baden. He's massive. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a big old kit. So I think he's I think he's about as big as a bloodthirster. Uh, yeah, I, I mean I, I'm absolutely getting one of these and painting it up. Uh, and then alongside this, obviously we've got Broken Realms Bellacore as well. So we we haven't gleaned too much, but it seems like the storyline is revolving around an unusual alliance 
uh, following an explosion of magic. So don't know if that ties into the Teclas book, maybe, or I, I get the feeling that a lot of these Broken Realms books are maybe happening parallel to each other. Yes. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wonder if uh, Bellacor's maybe taken advantage of the situation. We, I think we were messaging earlier, kind of wondering if maybe um, in in dealing with Nagash, Teclas has taken his eye off the ball and Bellacor's been given free reign to do what he likes. We'll be interested to see what happens, though, because um, I mean, the other two books have been excellent, haven't they? Yeah, they really have. Uh, and we've got two more miniatures coming out alongside this as well. There's uh, Steel Soul, the um, Stormcast in his superhero landing pose. <laughs> Are you picking this guy up, yeah, Dave? I will be, yeah, for my for my Storm host. He's he's absolutely being painted for the Celestial Vindicators, even though he's not a special character for them. But nah, yeah, it's fine. Nah. And uh, and we've got Cruel Gast uh, Cruciator, the the Nighthaunt character. And again, this guy looks really nice as well. I, I might pick this guy up to add to my because I've got a big Nighthorn army from like Soul Wars that I've never really played with, so I might pick him up and add him to it because I imagine hopefully well I don't know if, we don't know what's in the in the book yet but hopefully the Nighthorn get a few updates because both them and the Stormcast are really old books now aren't they? They are they are They're, I don't think either of them are very competitive at the moment probably especially Nighthorn I don't think. But, um, no. I always get beat by Nighthorn at the Purple Sparky Universe events. <laughs> I just, that doesn't say much about the Nighthorn, the more about me. <laughs> so, yeah, and um, so we, obviously we've got those models, and we've also got four battalion boxes. So they've done these for every um, Broken Realms book so far, and then, you know, they're normally pretty good value. So um, first up, we've got Star Warden Icto's Celestial Stampede. That's a mouthful. <laughs> and this is the Seraphon box that has two Stegodon kits and a Bastilodon kit. Uh, that'd cost you £110 separately. It will cost you £80 for that box. And obviously all these boxes you can get from Element Games or somewhere. to probably get it for like 60 quid for three dinosaurs. That seems pretty good to me. Yeah, combine that with um, the, you've, got, you've got two start collecting boxes for the uh, Seraphon. So you could very quickly get a nice size Seraphon force. Well, somebody pointed out on Twitter, if you bought three of these boxes, you could do an entirely dinosaur Seraphon Force. Oh, well, there you go. So that's, that's, that's going to be done. Uh, we've got Drongon's Aether Runners, who is the uh, the Caradron set. This one I'm not too fussed on, mostly because most people have got a load of Endrin Riggers from every Caradron box ever, haven't they? Um, yeah. So it comes with two boxes of End- Endrin Riggers. The Endrin Master, who is in Aether Wars, uh, 50 pounds so you save about 28 pound 50 that's again pretty good value if you haven't already got a load of endron riggers like me like you uh <laughs> then we've got a strange one the sorrow mourn choir so this is a pretty cool box uh lady alinda a unit of dread scythe harridans and then two boxes of the push fit maya mourn banshees so all that would cost 75 pound you get it for 55 pounds with this box with it having two lots of the same push fit kit though, and the fact that most of the content of this have been in Mortal Realms magazine as well, I just don't think that one's as good value as some of the other ones. If it'd been mm. maybe a different kit, I don't know, Grimgas Reapers or something instead of the two boxes of Banshees. Mm. I think there'd be a bit more value to it then. And also I don't think I've ever watched a Nighthaunt game that's had those um Dreadblaze Harrows in it. So I don't think they're a very popular choice at the moment. Um, I think that I think that I mean, like you say, fifty-five quid. I think sounds really good, actually. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, it's a twenty, it's a 20 pounds saving, but I imagine eBay's probably flooded with cheap night haunt kits from uh, from the magazine. 
Mm. So it still looks, still looks a good box. My favourite one, though, is Atrazan's Burning Cavalcade, which has possibly got the best name. Uh, and it has a box of pink horrors, a box of blue and yellow horrors, and a burning chariot. Uh, it costs you £77.50 for that separately. The box costs £50. Oh, wow. Really, that's, really that's good, good box, yeah. Um, essentially, you're getting the chariot for free. And if you're playing Zinch, you're going to be buying all those horrors anyway. Mm. So that would be £38-ish from Elements. Sounds like a bargain to me. Yeah, that's that's really cheap. I might, I might pick one up, pending hobby funds, to pad out me, uh, me horrors, because you can never have too many horrors. <laughs> but yeah, so they they look pretty good. Um, any you guys got any sights set on any of those boxes? Uh, no, not not this week. I don't think. Um, I mean the the Seraphon one. I mean, there's something else in the news that might kind of pique like Jay's interest. Um, that that might have made him get that box. But no, I think they're really good value, and I'm really I, I'm I'm really happy they're doing these for these um Broken Realms books. So I think they're a great great way of expanding your armies. Um, maybe not so much for new players to that range, um, but yeah, I think they're a really good idea. I don't see. I, I disagree with you there, Dave. For a new player, especially someone playing narrative through the Broken Realms book, these are you know battalions from the books that you can take. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. So yeah, they're pretty good. Um, we've also got Mortis up for pre-order. The next in the Siege of Terror series. I know Jay's super excited to listen to this one. Yep. Uh, I've yeah, got to quickly back. finish Dark Harvest so I can get this one on the ah. Audible. <laughs> uh, well, you've got, you've got, you've got a, until Saturday. I think I don't think it's on Audible until it's released anyway. So I, you've got a couple I'm going of to you to listen to this then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, hardback and uh, Audible. Um, so hopefully that means that the next limited edition isn't too far away. And then, yeah, we're in the final stretch then. It's all exciting. Um, and then for uh, Forge World, now we did see a cheeky glimpse of some alternate weapons, uh, Volkite-based weapons for Titanicus. Unfortunately, the uh, the scrap code must have got in the system because uh, Games Workshop shared today that they're not actually out till uh, June or July or something. So, oh. uh, yeah, they accidentally snuck out on the uh, this week in Warhammer Post, unfortunately, <laughs> which is interesting because their profiles aren't in a book that we're going to be talking about later on. Ah. Uh, so I imagine they'll probably land with the next book in that series. But yeah, more on that later. Um, we have got some dwarves for Middle Earth, though. Dane Ironfoot and Thorin the Third. These, I guess, are the first models in this new Easterling-based expansion that I don't think's officially been announced, but we've kind of put two and two together. Uh, so yeah, they look pretty cool. I like the models. Yeah, they're really nice dwarves. Yeah, I, I, those dwarves are wicked. Uh, I, I really hope there's a, uh, like you say, a, a box set coming out, a uh, new campaign. Uh, see, I, I don't think there'll be a box set. It's probably going to be a book and some miniature support. Uh, okay. But we'll see. You never know. I might be wrong. But uh, yeah, I don't think we'll get a new a new box set there. Uh, we have seen some new models today, though. So first of all, for 40k, for the Sisters of Battle, we've had the Celestine Sacrosancts. So these Celestian Sacrosancts, sorry, these are kind of like the elite honour guard of the uh, Sisters of Battle. They are armed with shields and pole arms, and apparently they can take a mace as a weapon as well. Uh, and you also get parts in the box to make normal Celestians. You can kind of make that out of the current plastic kits as well. So I imagine most people pick these up for the close combat armed sisters, and they look fantastic. I can really see like a, a close combat oriented um sisters of battle force with those mech suits and these guys yeah. next to them. 
I think that you've got you've got a few close combat things in the army as well. So yeah, that's that's quite cool. They they look like the power weapons. If they've got like high AP, high damage weapons, then yeah, that changes things because sisters have always struggled in the close combat department because they're only strength three, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, looking forward to them. And apparently they're not too far off as well. It says. So whether whether maybe there's not a sisters book and instead these are in the next part of the campaign. Uh, oh, maybe. Yeah. Because the book's not too old and they could put out the campaign book with these and then later on in the year release an updated codex with all the stuff a la uh, the Lumineth release. So, it's, yeah. It's a possibility. Yeah, so, so we're looking forward to seeing these. And then we saw one more model today. Uh, <laughs> every Monday in this month, Games Workshop will be showing off a new model from Broken Realms, which, you know, we've got a couple of weeks left, and I kind of assumed that we'd see Kragnos, but I guess they're probably leaving him till last, aren't we? Well, we saw Witch Hunters last week, and I don't think anyone would have guessed that we'd get a brand new Lord Croak model showing off this week. <laughs> what a model. Oh, it's, my days. It's just... I, I don't even know where to start on this thing. It's phenomenal, isn't it? The, so he's in kind of like... the. The palanquins there from the old kind of floating slam mage priest, but then you've got this kind of like arcane technology, these levitating rings around it, and the way they've sculpted it, it reminds me of um, Altharian. The way that the, yes. the kind of different beams are kind of suspended, hidden, kind of in it's the way that the kit's put together, they're kind of supporting each other, but it doesn't look like they are, so it looks yeah. like it's all floating. It's so good, almost like an illusion. It's very, yeah, very... yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like an optical illusion. Um, I, I probably mean it might be a little bit fragile to touch because there's some really weak connection points. Well, uh, yeah, possibly. I mean, I find they've been quite clever with that sort of thing. So we've got like Sephiroth is very similar. We've got all these ribbons that sort of support mm-hmm. him. Elfarian. Um, you've got Teclis, which is bouncing on the tip of a wing. You've got the twins that are standing just one one toe. So you think they're going to be fragile, but they don't tend to be as fragile as you think. The Alarif Stone Mage as well on like a tiny little branch. Yeah. yeah. So I think they, they do put some thought into that. Um, I mean, we've, yeah. talked, we've talked about the kind of games which I'm knocking out of the park. This is just a beautiful model, isn't it? It's absolutely stunning. I mean, anybody who hasn't been tempted by the Seraphon are surely tempted now. I mean, this model is incredible. Yeah. We, we do were talking about... Oh, go on. Carry on, Matt. Go on, go on, I was Matt. just going to say, we don't know at the minute if it's got an option for a generic um, Slam Mage Priest. No, we don't know. There's, there are pictures of him without his sort of death mask on, um, Croak, but we don't know if that's just Croak sitting on a on the palaquin with an op, because you used to be able to put the mask on or off. Yeah, it, the, the article so, says that yeah. it's, it's him. So right. maybe it's not a generic. They might release a different model for a generic one down the line, but yeah, possibly. it's so cool. I'm really, really happy that the... Because obviously a lot of people were very fond of the old world stuff and the different races and characters and stories in the old world. And it's quite easy in Age of Sigmar for them to just create new stuff, which is great. But also they've got such a rich history to draw on. It's really, really nice to see them revisit old characters. I mean, Croak's a very, very popular character. Both. I mean, he's quite, quite good nowadays in the rules anyway, but he's also quite, quite, you know, he has a lot of fans, I think, from the old world. Um, yeah. So I'm really happy they've they've revisited him. And it's sort of, you know, we've got Bellacore, Teclis, what other characters are coming back that, you know, 
we've kind of had the the old classic vampires reimagined in the uh the, the crimson court box haven't we so vlad and isabella and all them kind of reimagined uh and we've got the witch hunters coming here which we've had some classic witch hunter models in the past and they've got a very warhammer vibe haven't they mm. so yeah i mean what i like about this model is that you know essentially the the, the slam age priests in in aos are sci-fi space aliens and spaceships really aren't they but the the model is like super high-tech technology that's centuries old isn't it and it works really well yeah yeah Yeah. it's a nice kit um you're right dave this is the kind of model that gets you started on an army isn't it um Mm. but i'm not in the market for a new army right now (laughs) but i probably will pick this model up because it's, uh, it just looks like it's going to be an kits recently as well, obviously with the Underworld War band. So I do wonder if this is the precursor to to something. They don't need much. They just need new Saurus and um, Cold One Riders, really. I mean, all yeah. the skink range and the dinosaur range is very, very good. I mean, unless you add a big Brachiosaurus kit with the kind of kits they can put out yeah. now. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, that as nice as the Stegodon is, when you compare it to the size of some of the kits we've now got in AOS, they do seem quite tiny. So yeah, it's 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 definitely an ace kit though, and uh, yeah, yeah, we've got two more weeks of this. Two weeks every Monday. We've got two more Mondays in the month, so two more new miniatures that we're going to see for Broken Realms. So I, I I've really no idea of how many Broken Realms books that we're going to get. You know, it could be that Croak is in the Bellacore book because uh, we know that the the Seraphon are involved there, or is he going to be his own book? But then I think they probably would have said in this article, so it's kind of hard to predict. There's a lot of stuff to cram into that final uh, book, if it is only one more book, though. Yeah, I'm sort of in two minds. Like, I really want it to finish so we can get to Age of Sigmar 3, but then I'm also really enjoying the Broken Realms books, so I wouldn't yeah. mind it be carried on for another year, to be fair. Yeah, especially <laughs> they're getting the, the model support anyway, So and you're getting new rules for existing armies, so I, it's like, do we really want it to end? <laughs> yeah, we mentioned it before. It's, it's the um, Psychic Awakening done right. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. You know, model support for old armies that, and old models that need updating, old characters being updated, which we saw in Broken Realms, but also a, a much better narrative. And I wonder if part of the problem with Broken Realms is that it was nine books in the end. By uh, condensing uh, yeah. it down to four books and having like a core storyline written out, there's less filler then, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent stuff. So that brings us to the end of this week's news. And what a way to end it with a, a brand new Lord Croak model. We're going to take a pause, and when we come back, we're going to be talking about this week's new releases. Matt has been quite busy over on spruceandbruise.com this week, or this past week, uh, with some brand new releases. So we wanted to take a pause on this week's podcast and have a chat about said new releases. So Matt, where do you want to start us off? Yeah, well, we'll start with Warhammer Underworlds. Now, we've got kind of four kind of written write-ups and videos for all these. It's not going to be a kind of proper review episode. Just kind of want to talk about a few of them. I think there's a few interesting points for us to discuss on these ones. So for Warhammer Underworlds, obviously we've got the the, the Crimson Core, um, gorgeous models. I think we've said loads about these in the past. I'd say buy them, but they're sold out on the website because I think everyone's done the same and just buying them to paint them because they're gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's kind of the, the the safe release this week where it gets a bit murky is the new warhammer underworlds two-player starter set so i really like the concept of this box it is aimed at people new to the hobby so 
it's Warhammer Underworld without the deck building element. You get a simply it is the core core rules, but primacy out of diechasm is not in there, and uh, magic isn't in there. So it's very much Warhammer Underworld as it was during uh, Shadespire. Mm. Uh, you get two decks, one for the Nighthaunt, one for the Stormcast. You get two warbands, Stormcast and Nighthaunt, based on old models from Soul Wars. So, and one of the, I suppose one of the selling points to me on Underworld is the bespoke miniatures that you get. You know, we said earlier, all the ones for Diacism have been absolutely gorgeous. So, um, do you remember back when Soul Wars came out and we were at um, Warhammer Fest and we saw these models for these warbands in the cabinet and at the time we assumed they were underworld's warbands because they had sculpted bases yeah, and it turns out that they weren't uh, well it looks like fate's kind of worked his way around and, and these are the warbands in this set i don't think that's necessarily a bad thing but i think a lot of people already own these miniatures so that's probably a little bit of a turn off for some people people are new at the game though that's, that's obviously not an issue uh, what they've also done in this game, as well as redesigned the Underworld's cards, which is quite interesting, because this this box is dated 2020. It kind of it's a precursor to the Diechasm stuff, which obviously keeps the traditional card format for Underworlds. I I don't know if you guys have seen the cards, but I really like the new the new layout on the, the ones in the starter set. At the very top of the card, you've got a box out telling you what the card is, whether it's an objective or a gambit or a ploy or whatever. The character cards have been redesigned and just neatened up a little bit. You know, Underworld has had the same card layout for what four years now, hasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you think? Do you think the reason for that is because you'd like to keep everything sort of backwards compatible? Well, it still will be kept backwards compatible though. It's just the layout that's 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 yeah. changed. Yeah. That's and um, there's something else that we'll talk about in a little bit that has that same layout, which is interesting. So I don't know if that's going to be it going forward. I really like it. Uh, the, the artwork's bigger on the cards as well, which is an appeal from a visual point of view. Mm. So that's all really cool. Um, so so yeah so on paper this is an ideal set to get into underworlds say if i don't know maybe when the boys were a little bit older jay you wanted to kind of introduce them to the hobby this is the kind of set that you'd pick up there's no complex deck building you just have the two decks out of the thing and have a balanced game which is a really good idea and my only problem with it is that the rrp of this box is 40 pounds and diecasm's only 10 pounds more at 50 and arguably you're getting newer nicer models and with diachasm you do get two sealed decks you can just ignore the the extra deck that you get for deck building and play using them mm. yeah I, I, I really do feel if this had even been you know 10 pound cheaper at the 30 pound price point i'd say yeah this is a great purchase for someone kind of introducing themselves into underworlds for it's 40 come pounds too late, hasn't it in the in the sort of lifespan of the game i mean i guess one of the bonuses of this, the, the tiles that come in it, you get one from Night Vault, one from uh, Shadespire. So it, it it puts those back into rotation. It means that you can pick them up. I just think £40, I think, is a bit too much for it. If it was 30 I think people would pick it up just for the models and the, the tiles and a fun little game they can play. I just don't... I, Diachasm is too much of a competitor to it. Only £10 more for the better models, isn't it? Yeah. And extra cards, and it's like, yeah. So it, it, it did tear me on the review this one because I really like the idea of it. I just don't think it works at forty pounds, no. unfortunately. What does work, however, is the essential cards pack. So this was a bit of a cryptic one because um, they hadn't really talked too much about this before we went out to pre-order, and uh, it came in a very interesting sealed cardboard like 
container. The presentation was really nice when I opened it up. And uh, yeah, basically, this is a set of 60 cards, so 20 upgrades, uh, gambits, and objectives, all drawn from uh, earlier seasons of Underworlds. So basically, they've taken the best cards from uh, Shadespire and Night Vault and updated them for Diachasm. Well, that's good. Which we were talking about something like this the other day, like, oh, it's a shame they don't reprint the old Underworlds cards. Well, this is exactly what they've done. They've taken all those cards, and what they've said is because it's not tied to a season, it's their own numbered range of 60 cards, that will stay in rotation forever. Oh, so definitely worth picking up then. It's definitely worth picking up, yeah. And I hope that they do this every, you know, if maybe next year we get a similar pack with all the best Diachasm and Beast Grave cards. And obviously people who've been picking up all the sets over the over the run of it, you know, probably won't need to get this. Uh, but the fact that they're in permanent rotation and the fact that it means that you don't need to pick up every Warband for those essential cards, I think that's a really good thing. Yeah, I like that. I think I think that's just sold me on um, getting a set, especially as we're coming out of lockdown. We'll probably get some more games in. Yeah, and it's the price point's good as well. Twelve pounds, I think, is a really good price. Mm. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's a funny one, isn't it? it, it you could argue that you could have that card pack in the starter set for forty quid or even fifty quid, and it'd be a better buy than it is at the minute. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Because imagine if you bought the this Underworld starter box and you, you've never played Age of Sigmar, you never played Underworlds, and you really enjoy it, you really get into it, and then you find out that the actual proper full-blown box was only a ten or more, you'd be like, oh, right, I should have just yeah, bought that. Yeah, and, and arguably you still would need that for the kind of magic rules. This this only supports two players as well, so you don't get enough tokens to play more than two players. And I think we've never played two-player Underworlds, have we? We always uh, play no, multiplayer. We have had a couple of games. I think you oh. um you batted me once with uh, Nurgle. Okay. Stormcast. Well, so majority of the time we played. Basically, Underworld is really good, like three or four player, isn't it? Which it you can't is. do with this box, unfortunately. I mean, it's, it's a good set. I'd like to see it cheaper. Essential cards, buy it though. That's a brilliant set. Absolutely recommend that. Uh, and I'll quickly touch on the Adeptus Titanicus releases this week as well. So. I feel like I'm being super negative on this week's podcast, but, you know, it's one of those, isn't it? Uh, the, the rule book that they released is the exact same rule book that was in the original boxed rules for Adeptus Titanicus, down to the fact it's literally got a product label, code label, kind of just stuck over the old one, as if they've had a load of these lying around in a warehouse. They've taken the books out and just kind of put a sticker on and put them up for sale again. Which is such a shame since they reprinted the rule book and fixed all the erratas in the paperback version that's in the new starter box. Mm. Oh, strange. Yeah, so uh, uh, the, the, the only thing I can think of is that they've had loads of these books and they've just put them up for sale. Yeah, it's so one. yeah, so that, that, that one kind of got a pass from me, unfortunately. I mean, if you need to replace a rule book, great. But even then, I, I bet you could get the, the softback one off eBay people are splitting because that starter set's so good just for the models isn't it yeah yeah so yeah it's a funny one and i don't know whether you know once they've run down stocks of the old ones whether they reprint it with the erratas at that point i'd recommend it but um, yeah. yeah it's it's an odd one so thankfully though the other adeptus Titanicus release this week is really really good 
Loyalist Legios. I'm not going to go into too much detail about it because we have got the full write-up on the on the website and there's a YouTube video as well. But essentially, this is a codex for Adeptus Titanicus. It details every uh, Loyalist faction in the game, all their upgrades. We've got weapons charts there for every current weapon. Notably, not the Volkite weapons, though, because obviously, as we now know, they weren't due to be released yet. And I imagine those profiles will probably be in the Traitor Legio book when it comes out. Which is a little bit of kicking the teeth for the Loyalist players, but again, GW don't tend to have rules for stuff that's not come out yet in a rule book. Mm. Thankfully, all the Titanica stuff does come with cards. So if you pick up those weapon packs, they will have the weapon cards in the in the pack with them, so it's not so much of an issue. Um and basically, it's, it's kind of gathered together all the information that's been in the previous uh, Adeptus, Titanicus, Adeptus Titanicus books. Put it all in this book. There's a few tweaks here or there, but nothing major. Uh, we've got a new uh, Legio in there, uh, Metallica, and we've got four new night, hole, uh, night households. So, yeah, really, really good book. If you're into Titanicus or want to start looking at it, I would pick up the new... Uh, Maniple box because that's an absolute bargain. I think you can get it for like 80 something quid from Element, and you've got an entire army in there. Get this book, and you would need some templates and stuff, and some dice. So if you can get the old Titanica starter box as well, the, I think it was about 35 pounds and came with all the templates and stuff. And you've got everything you need to play with an entire army. That's really good. Uh, now, interestingly, that this is a book I'll be picking up because. I might actually be finally jumping on the Adeptus Titanicus bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'll definitely be going loyal this, I think. I think. I think. Um, but yeah, I'll be picking up the book to, to check it out. Yeah, well, the, be- uh, the best thing about this one um, is is the law. So previous books, you kind of got a paragraph of law for each Legio. This one, you've got a good two pages talking about who they are, what they do, their history, even a box of what their current engine strength is in the galaxy. So if you really want to narrative it, you can base your force composition based on what engines they use. Cool. Yeah, so, yeah that's really, really, good. really cool. Uh, and hopefully, uh, Sandicus releases tend to be quarterly. And they said, what was it, July for the next, uh, the weapon packs, which kind of fits in with that. Hopefully we see the traitor book drop at the same time. And then really, that's all the rules out for Titanicus. And hopefully that means that going into maybe end of the year next year, we could start maybe looking at some Xenos Titans. Uh, some reinforcements from the webway. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, really good book. A mixed bag of releases that... Don't get me wrong, the the, uh, the Underworld starter set's really good. I think it's just too expensive. Essential card is Ace. Heresy rulebook. If you haven't got it, then fine. If you've already got one, there's no point buying it because there's no errata changes. And Loyalist Legios, amazing. Pick it up. It's great. That's my summary of the uh, the new releases this <laughs> week. We have all, however, um, got our hands on uh, City finally, haven't we? We have. That sounds like a good segue into our next segment. So we have all got our hands on the latest board game from Games Workshop. It is Warhammer Quest Curse City. Um, although we've not had a game of it yet, between the three of us, we have delved through its contents. And we wanted to give uh, a bit of a shout out uh, on this week's episode because, let's be honest, guys, the contents in this box is fantastic. Yeah, this is the most excited I've been for a Games Workshop game for a long time. Well, I can't even remember when we first saw this. I'm sure it was 
like oh, last year maybe they started hyping this yeah um, well, I, I, I know i've forgotten about it, it. I, I i was really hyped originally then it sort of tailed off from sort of back of my mind i was excited about the luminef and different things and then it arrived and yeah i can't wait to play it properly I've, i have set it up on the table put um set up the first uh, journey um put my models on played a couple of turns oh it's brilliant yeah, it seems a lot um less fiddly than battles um blackstone fortress did in my opinion yeah i mean obviously i've i've, I've kind of read through the rules and, and built the miniatures and i haven't got as far as gaming yet because obviously we're doing the, the stream and i've been painting the the crimson court so i kind of want to get the plan is that we do we do a stream of this or or when we can play together in the real world we'll have a bit of a video series but i, I want to have all the miniatures painted for that so that's kind of like the first job but looking through the rules it, it does seem like they've taken the best parts of um shades by uh, shades by uh, uh silver tower, silver tower and blackstone fortress and kind of combine the two so they've kept the kind of pick your own adventure element that was in uh, silver tower which i really liked rather than you remember in um blackstone fortress you had the kind of the encounter cards but it was random stuff like try and balance four dice on top of each other or keep yeah. rolling dice till you get all sixes and each time you fail you take a grievous wound and it's like mm, they, were, they were a bit tedious those cards weren't they you'd they much were, rather to, to draw another like level of the dungeon out of the uh, the deck where instead on this one it'll be you pick a character and they go off and do a little mini pick your own adventure thing you know you see you see a beggar in the street do we approach him or leave him and depending on what you pick different things happen i i really like that i much prefer that to random dice games no, nobody needs that in your board game <laughs> nobody needs random dice in a <laughs> random dice based game no i meant like random dice like bouncing bon- yeah. dice and stuff i mean that's just it's, it just feels a bit cheap and kind of padding out the game yeah so, so so i really like that and there's a whole kind of book of those um i also like that the the way the map is generated differs between the different mission types that you go on so in uh, blackstone fortress the board was was always set up wasn't it you, you had a layout of your dungeon and you'd uh, it was hexes as well wasn't it blackstone it was hexes fortress. yeah it was yeah. So that'd be that'd be kind of permanent. Where in this game, depending on the type of mission that you go on, it could be a kind of pre-generated map, or in the ones where you're trying to escape from the grave tide, the dungeons kind of like being procedurally generated in front of you, which is really really cool. Yeah, yeah. I really like that. Uh, there are a lot of the preset maps as well, so there's a lot of variety because obviously you you dip you, you you're dipping in and out of the cursed city to you try and achieve your objectives, the the the, the overall quest for this box. Um, and so you think, okay, well, if I'm doing another journey, am I playing through the same dungeon layout? And you're not. There's, there's quite a variety of dungeon layouts in there. Yeah, and um, what I like as well, so like, like the first boss against the uh, the Varg Skir, you it has the kind of same element as Blackstone, where you first of all do one of the grave type missions where you try to escape that and run through, and then eventually you get to the lair of the Varg Skir, and then it's a kind of pre-generated map. It's like the best of both worlds then, isn't it? It, it is. It kind yeah. of reminds me of, say, I don't know, kind of a video game where it's like a random random kind of dungeon that you're getting through, but then you get up to the boss fight and then it's kind of like a, a, a more finely crafted environment to face the boss in. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I really like that. It looks, it looks really, really good. I, uh, I'm looking forward to playing it. I, I'm interested to see what future support it gets because obviously at the minute it's no longer available on the Games Workshop website and there's there's conflicting reports to us if it's coming back or not. But as you go into the adventure book, 
the the kind of I can't remember what it's called now. The the main adventure quest is kind of implied to be the first quest. And again, yes. we've got a sealed envelope with in Blackstone. Once you beat the boss, you got a an upgrade card in in your sealed envelope. I haven't had a peek yet because I don't want to spoil it. What's in Curse City? But um, I do wonder if that then tees up the next adventure or it's another character or upgrade. It's quite a big envelope, isn't it? It is, yeah. It is. Yeah. I wonder if it's got more than one card in there myself. Mm. You know, it could could we see? I don't know this this teeing up the next adventure. Could it be like another uh, character card or something? Maybe that'd be cool. Would be cool, yeah. Like a yeah, a redeemed Radicar or something like that. Yeah, that'd be ace. Or the I was thinking, or the um the the other guy is is kind of second in command. Something like that would be quite cool and different. And obviously then would imply that there's going to be sequels. I think there will be because I think this has been super popular, hasn't it? Yeah, we'll definitely see expansions. I- I mean, I think we mentioned this on um, a few podcasts back when we were talking about KC and Blackstone Fortress. Um, you kind of mentioned then about bringing uh, Radicar back in some way, Jay. I think that was the main problem, wasn't it? With, with the expansions to Blackstone, you always ended up fighting the same um, uh, Chaos Space Marine hero, the, the guy with the Thunderhammer. I suppose in KC you do have more of his lieutenants and stuff to kind of um, fight with. Um, but it'd be nice to see, like... I don't know if in the expansions it kind of built up to another like end boss that kind of yeah. comes out in the last expansion pack. The actual guy really in the cool. background who's pulling the strings that'd be Nagash. Really cool. Nagash. in it at the end. Well, yeah. I was gonna I was gonna say I don't want to talk too much about the story because I've read through I read through all the background provided in the box before I set up my game because. I think that really helps to get invested in the setting and, and what you're trying to achieve in the Curse City and what the motives of the different characters are. It, it really adds to the immersion. Um, but the, the game is set prior to the events that have happened in Broken Realms Techless. Um, and I wonder whether it will continue to sort of exist in its own little bubble of time or whether it will events that have happened in Broken Realms will influence Curse City going forward. Yeah, I mean, because because you know you've got cases of of, of of years and years passing between you know events in books, haven't you? The 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 whole Curse City storyline could take place over a couple of weeks, and we have loads of expansions. It could, yeah. It's just there are bits in the Curse City background that I've read that tie into some of the Broken Realm. Well, quite a lot of it ties into the Broken Realms, even to details about particular characters. Yeah, um, and I wonder whether there's it's going to be expanded along with the Broken Realm series, which would be pretty cool as well. Yeah, well, I've speculated. I was getting these these witch hunters in the Broken Realm series, and I wonder if they're from Wolfenkarn, because that seemed to be, you know, where all the vampire hunters are hanging out at the minute. Yeah. Um, and it'd be cool to see an Wolfenkarn um, uh, allegiance for Cities of Sigmar. We, um, we've had a couple of articles up on the site where we've kind of discussed the the war scroll profiles of all these things and won't touch on it too much now but it's worth saying that in the book in the little points guide uh the points are valid as of november 2020 so obviously this has come out a long time after it should have originally come out so that's what i'm thinking as well yeah this is this is you know maybe marathi's come out then this then techless and it's all kind of tied together yeah i i have an inkling that that might be the case which I think is great because it's just another way to explore the Age of Sigmar sort of living universe, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's sometimes... just thought about the kind of interlinked storyline, and that that's a good sign going forward to like third edition, isn't it? Yeah. 
So yeah, so so yeah. Obviously, I'm, I haven't played the game yet, but looking at it, some of the mechanics are similar to Blackstone but improved. So in Blackstone Fortress, when you had activations, you would roll a d20 for each and every creature on the table, and that did become a little bit tedious after a while, especially yeah. when there was like um, thick lines, wasn't there, for cover on the Blackstone Fortress tiles, which weren't always the easiest to see, and some of the reactions yeah. were a bit ambiguous. They've kind of boiled that down. I think it's a D12 now. And you roll for each group of enemies, which is a lot easier than rolling for everybody. Yeah, there's even like lots of cool quality of life improvements. Like the behavior tables are all on the front of the um, enemy cards. So you, yeah. I remember in Blackstone, you have to keep flicking to find the right one. Oh, but if you remember Blackstone, to play a game, you'd be flicking cards back and forth. You'd be flicking yeah. through different books at the same time. It's a lot neater. I really liked the idea of uh, Precipice and the docked ships and stuff in Blackstone. But mechanically in the game, that was really clunky as well. Yeah. And that's all kind of gone, but you've still got the, you know, you've got uh, Ether Stone to collect and you can still buy your upgrades. Uh, And they've kind of taken it a step further, haven't they, where you actually gain experience in this and you can go up levels and each of the quests has got a level requirement to get to. So it's very much like a board game uh, MMO, really, isn't it? Or a dungeon crawler. It, it is. It, it reminds me of Diablo, where you're sort of dipping into the cursed city, doing some stuff, coming back out to Sanctuary, then going. Well, Sanctuary in this case is your dwarf airship, then back into the cursed city, and like you say, you're getting that experience. But then you've also got to manage. So the cursed city itself, it's not full of dead zombies and skeletons and things. There's there's still mortals living there, and you've got a, a balancing act between um, tackling the sort of influence of Radakar against uh the, the the hope and fear of the the mortals um that are living there and and certain missions will move the scale in one direction uh, and other missions will move it back in the other direction you've got to juggle so you, you know you were to continually do journeys for example um hunt journeys you may tip the the fear too far in one direction i think yeah. matt mentioned um a, a few weeks ago one of the criticisms you could say for the other Warhammer Quest games is you could kind of take your time. Um, there was no, re- there was nothing really pushing you to get through the game at any kind of pace. Um, and then obviously we learned about the daytime, nighttime kind of uh, mechanic within Curse City. And then you add this fear and influence, and suddenly you have got this um, kind of push to um, get through the game in a, a certain way in a certain timely kind of manner. But it, by reading it it doesn't feel like it's going to make you rush through the game because obviously you don't want you don't want to spend all this time building painting these models and then find that you've you've completed the game in a very short space of time uh, from what i can see in the rule book and stuff it doesn't feel like it's going to be something that's going to be over very quickly no no so the, so the, the day and night time is to get you through a, a specific dungeon quickly i think one of my criticisms of blackstone is that you could run the clock down heal up your guys there was no agency where this one the the you, you can take as long as you want to do the dungeon but when it hits night time all the enemies get a lot stronger so you you're gonna keep you're gonna want to go through the mission at a pace but the overall campaign i, the, the, I think you need three missions before you can level up Obviously, all the different bosses have got level requirements to do them. And like Jane mentioned, you've got to balance the, the fear and influence. I think I think that sounds really cool. Now, I've seen some reviews that have said that it could potentially get a bit grindy, that you're going to have to play at minimum 
I think it's like 15 missions. Personally, for me, I, I'd rather have it a, a long run thing. I think if you try and play through five missions in a night, you might get burnt out. I think this is more of a slow burn kind of game that you, you'll you'll have a, a game or two every week and run the campaign over a longer session. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, onto the miniatures, these, I mean, we mentioned earlier, these are some of the best minis that they've done, especially for push-fit models. They went together with no issues. Well, I say no issues. One of the vampire trio um, there's no way you can push fit that. You've got to glue a certain piece his arm. <laughs> Unless you have some kind of like, uh, maybe it's my big chunky man hands. If you've, got the, if you've got the small, delicate hands of a child, you might be able to build that a bit easier than I did, but I couldn't. So I had to be a, be a blob of glue. But other than that, it's all push fit. Even the bases, I've just pushed the tabs into the bases. Um, no issues at all. How did you find building them, Dave? I, I, um, I built Jelson first, and he was like, went, went together fine. But the, the model that really like brought a smile to my face is when I built that ogre. Like the way that um, there's ha, I don't know how to describe it. I should have written it down before the podcast started. But there's a bit of plastic with like a round piece that just kind of slots in. It's not like any piece I've really seen on any push fit Warhammer models before. But the way it worked, it, the thing just snapped together so easy. Um, I mean, I've not built the um, I've not built those uh, little vampires yet. Um, but yeah, every model I've built so far has been a joy. Yeah, I mean, a push fit model was always a byword for for poor quality models. That is not the case. I mean, I'm I've just holding the the ogre now, and he is easily as good as any other metal or plastic or resin ogre that they've done. Yeah. No. And I, I tell you what I didn't realise is that the um, the good guys came on different coloured plastics, almost kind of like the Underworlds feel. Well, Blacks yeah. and Fortress did. Blacks and Fortress, the oh, heroes came in red, red really. and the yeah. yeah, which and I'm glad they've not used red because red's a nightmare when you're spraying over it. You can there's always gonna be a little bit of red showing through. I yeah. prefer the kind of creamy colour that they've done for the heroes on this one. It's only a little thing, but I I think from a from a, a painting point of view, it means that you can play the game unpainted because you can identify who the heroes are but it means that they're easier to spray without having little bits of you know a bright color showing through the cracks mm. i didn't have to worry too much about that because actually i think i only ever painted one blackstone fortress mini and that was the daedalus and he's in the mars scheme anyway so <laughs> Fair enough. red works <laughs> yeah red works so yeah i mean i obviously we can't give up we're gonna we're gonna kind of do a slow burn review and i think we'll do a proper write up once we've had some games because i don't think it's fair to to review it until we've had the chance to actually play the game um but my own my initial thoughts was a brilliant box simply for the miniatures i mean i'm doing a soul blight grave lord's army and i'll be using all these minis whether they're good or not in game you know skeletons and zombies i'll be able to use bat swarms i'll be able to use you know, it's, miniatures wise, they're really good. Even the heroes, I'd be tempted to throw into my cities a Sigmar army just because they're cool. Yeah, yeah, they, it's very much tempted me to get a cities of Sigmar army. And I, t- I tell you what, some of the best enemy models are those little rat swarms. I almost pushed me back in oh, the, yeah, they are the cool. in direction. Yeah, <laughs> you know what my favorite model in the box is? Oh, the loot gargoyle. What about the zombie cat? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I was I was really impressed with the ogre um, zombie ogres. Yeah, I, want as, I want them as a unit in the AOS because they're amazing, yeah. big chunky guys as well, aren't they? They are. They're really nice. Yeah. So yeah, 
it's uh, it definitely gets a thumbs up for me hopefully it is a permanent item and it does come back and uh, it's been a little bit strange that games Workshop haven't really given a clear answer either way on it i don't know if it's a case of that they want all the stock to sell and then they'll go yeah we're reprinting it i um i'd be really disappointed if they don't reprint it i I think for them to make such a fantastic board game and for so many people to miss out on it uh, i think that'd be such a shame um, I, do, I do wonder if it's because the the card components are produced somewhere else, and obviously with a combination of Brexit and coronavirus and the the Suez Canal issues that we had a few weeks ago, getting card components is going to take them a little bit longer than it normally would, maybe. Possibly, yeah. Do you think if that was the case, it'd be good for them to put something out on Warcom sooner rather than later to say, look, Curse City is coming back. It's just this is what because let's be honest, GW have been very upfront about um, issues and release schedules and and stuff like that. So do we think it would be good for them to kind of get a message out quite soonish to say what the situation is? I think if they were going to, they should have done it like launch weekend when it sold out immediately. The fact yeah. that they haven't makes me think, oh, actually, are they reprinting this? Or is it gone for for good? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, However, there are, it is obviously in the UK, GW stores have opened today. So uh, if you do want one, I'd head to your local shop because they're probably going to have stock in a, f- a couple of boxes. But that's going to be your best chance of getting one, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, we're going to um, we we've got a lot of painting ahead of us, guys. Before we get our first game in, um, I'm really looking forward to painting all mine, and can't, can't wait to finish this podcast and carry on painting my ogre. Um, but before we can, before I can do that, before I can start painting again, we do have a couple of segments to go, including our top three, which is coming up next. It is time for this week's top three. And with Broken Realms Bellacore on pre-order next Saturday, we are going to discuss the top three special characters we'd like to see from Warhammer Age of Sigmar get the Broken Realms treatment. Or maybe not just Age of Sigmar, maybe Warhammer Fantasy. Maybe we'd like to see some characters come back. We shall see. So we're going to talk through our top three picks, and then in the next segment we will go through the community choices as well. But, Matt, you have the honour of going first this week. What is your third choice? Well, I felt I had to start this one with the April Fool's joke that kind of spawned this top three. <laughs> uh, a Broken Realms, Johan, the hero that the, the mortal realms needs right now. He may be a coward. He may spend his days running away from uh, gargants. But, you know, this is this is the time when he could become, become that ultimate hero, Johan the immortal on a massive sculpted base. It'd still be the same model on the top of it, but he'd have a massive sculpted base and it'd look amazing. Yeah, and he'd be like 700 points and and be able to take out Nagash with a poke of his stick. <laughs> Nagash is already gone, mate. He's gone <laughs> yeah, yeah, Johan. And you know what? I've got him. I should paint him up. You definitely should. Absolutely should. It could be an objective for one of our games or something for a narrative campaign. It'd be really good. You could be. I need to write oh, my You could use the rules from, um, what's it called? I can never pronounce it from General's Handbook where you create your own heroes. The oh, Anvil Bob. of Apotheosis. You should definitely, we should definitely give him that treatment. You know what? I'm thinking we write him a Cursed City card. Yes. Yeah, that might be, be nice. in the envelope. <laughs> he might be in the envelope. Yeah. <laughs> if he's that, why isn't he? Um, excellent. Great third choice. Jay, what is your third choice? Uh, my third choice 
is uh, from the old world. Um, I'm surprised he hasn't um, got a model actually. In, uh, yeah, bit odd. But it's um, Grimgore Ironhide, the old mm. black orc. Yeah. Um, holding, was it a Bretonian or an Empire knight's head in his hand? <laughs> Empire, I think he was. It was Empire, yeah. Oh man, he was awesome. My brother used to use him in his Orcs and Goblins army. Um, he had some really, really cool uh, rules and that axe that you could use in two different ways. What was the axe called now? Oof, can't remember what the axe was called. Um, but it was a really, really nice model. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm surprised that he hasn't come back in some form because they've done a lot of, or even you know, he was models that are nods to he? him. He Did was, he get yeah. Carl out of beasts, and he beat Arkin in a fight. Yeah. He headbutt, headbutt Arkin or something. What's it, Arkin? Yeah. Arkin. Yeah. What happened in the end times to him? Was he already written out before then? No, because there was the there was the 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 eight kind of heroes were were, were kind of given each a wind of magic, weren't they? And they he got beasts, I think. Yeah. And I guess about maybe his aspect is now in Gork Morker, I guess. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you never know. If Gork Morker comes back in some kind of avatar form, then we might get nods to that, maybe. It's the Grimgore Ironhide, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good call. Uh, my third choice um, is is actually still keeping with the, the Warhammer Fantasy Fiend, Jay. Now, unfortunately, this guy's name, I mean, I'm terrible at pronouncing names. But I'm going to give this a go. So I'm going to give you a bit of a backstory first. So in Curse City, we've got these uh, new Order of Azir models. We've got these new, um, what well, you know, slide into Cities of Sigma. We've got um, the the Captain. We've got the the Witch Hunters. Um, we've got the the Duelist guy. I can't remember his name of. And um, they don't really look very Cities of Sigma. They almost look a little bit more Bretonian. So I was thinking, if Cities of Sigma is going to get this big refresh, this Order of Azir refresh, they should be led by a suitably epic special character. So what about, and I'm going to try and not butcher his name, Luian <laughs> Leon Leon Cure, The Bretonian special guy. The, the yeah. king of Bretonians. I, I, I don't know if you guys can pronounce his name better. But <laughs> he would be, he would suit the look of leading, um, you know, the, the, this, this new order of Azir army, I think, more so than um, the Empire um special character who i wrote his name down and i can't find it carl franz carl franz yeah i think he'd be more in keeping with his kind of style um so yeah i would like to see him uh make a comeback yeah that's a cool shout it would be would be cool seeing some of the more kind of bretonian elements obviously we've got the the paladin lady i can't remember her name uh she looks more kind of like a proper suit of armor doesn't she she does yeah we haven't really got an aos i mean pardon the stormcast but you know it's I know what you mean, like kind of humans in armour with horses. Imagine that. That'd be yeah. cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. You could imagine um, es- Esmeralda yeah. in um, You could imagine a mounted version of her looking quite Bretonian-esque, uh, more so than like your empire that we, we, we currently see in like Cities of Sigmar that, that's left over from um, the old world. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd really like to see that. Or an alternative take, but I think you'd be more of a Stormcast, is this is kind of a two for one deal here, guys? Um, is I'd like to see Felix, as in Go Trek and Felix. Uh, I'd mm. like to see him come back, but I think he's more. I think we'd be more likely to see him reborn as a Stormcast special character rather than Cities of Sigma. But just, just a nod to it. him, because I guess yeah. he isn't an immortal. He isn't anything special. He's just a guy. I guess that was his point, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. 
So uh, yeah, a nod to him would be cool because Gotrek is in in the in the current law. He is still trying to find Felix. I think. I don't think he's given yeah, up I think on he's that. In, I think he's in denial. You know, the world ending yeah. tends to you know <laughs> sting a little bit. <laughs> Excellent. So. Second choice time. Matt, what is your second choice? So I've gone for someone who was last seen fighting Bretonians. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously at the minute, we've got a bit of a vampire vibe on. We've got a cursed city, a, a city infested with vampires. We've got a new vampire warband for Warhammer Underworlds. We've got a new vampire army coming out. I would like to, and we've got witch hunters coming in a future Broken Realms book as well. What if there was a Broken Realms book about Aberash? He was one of the early vampires from from old Lamia and um, he pretty much quested upon himself to become the greatest martial warrior in all of the old world and he eventually managed to cure the thirst for human blood by defeating a dragon in combat and drinking its blood so just saying if anyone's going to have a massive big zombie dragon in an impressive model surely it'd be Aberash yeah that was a good show yeah well, I mean, they've just they've, they've shown that they're they're prepared to to bring back old characters and breathe a new lease of life. And I don't know if that's a appropriate term for a vampire or not. Um, <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, so he's an interesting one because he managed to kind of defeat the curse of, of of thirsting for human blood by drinking the blood of a of a dragon, of course. But uh, I think it'd be make a really cool special character for AOS, or maybe someone inspired by him, if not him. I mean, vampires tend to be fairly immortal. So again, the end of the world really didn't bother them too much, did it? No, no, absolutely not. Poor Felix. <laughs> um, Jay, what is your second choice? Well, my second choice is is quite funny actually, um, considering what we saw on the Warhammer community today. So obviously, we've seen the amazing new Lord Croak model, um, but there is another Slan who, if there was an opportunity to um release a new dinosaur kit for the seraphon perhaps this character would be the one to sort of bring it along and it is lord mazda mundi on his stegodon mount you know what jay i saw that video and thought oh why haven't they done mazda mundi that'd be amazing (laughs) i mean you could have like a a gigantic sort of stegodon and some of the old artwork of lord mazda mundi was amazing um you know it was a big dinosaur he rode on and he was he was one of um croak's sort of um, not apprentices because the slans were, were very very powerful um majors but he, he was like a a student of of, of croak um he was a one of the more, more aggressive slam um and i think he, he he sort of i remember he had rules in um the uh, warhammer fantasy but he didn't really have a, an up-to-date model i think he did have a model at one point a meta um, model so so yeah the, he had rules and i think for a long time you had to kind of like convert Proxy, it up yourself yeah. didn't you um, yeah, and I wonder if they did it now, whether it be on a Stegodon or, I mean, we mentioned like a Brachiosaurus or something earlier, have him on a different creature to make him distinct from the Stegodon. Exactly, yeah, and it would have to be a big dinosaur, it'd be awesome. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he survived the world that was, um, which is a shame. Right, my second choice, ladies and gents, is Brock Grunson from the Caradron Overlords. So the main reason I would like to see Brock um, get the Broken Realm treatment, because he has actually already got quite a cool model, which probably kind of writes him out of this kind of getting a, a Broken Realm treatment. Um, but I would like to see him get an overall improvement in his in his lore and his rules. I think he should be far more um, awesome than, than he 
currently is. <laughs> I don't think I don't think many people take him. Um, I don't think he's a popular or competitive choice. Um, he is very much tied to one Skyport. Um, I mean, his, his model could be improved, but I think it's quite a relatively new model, all things considered, especially if you're comparing to Lord Croak anyway. Um, so... Yeah, I, I would I would like to see the Carajons get a broken realm treatment, but I think this was a bit of a maybe this should have been my third choice. Uh, I think um, <laughs> I think he's not going much hope. If the dwarfs are going to get a broken realms, it's going to be someone like Grungi or Grimnir or Valea. Yeah, not some not some uh, <laughs> some dude, not some random admiral. Although uh, he is the main named character, isn't he from? Yeah, he is. Book, yeah. And he's got a really I mean, nice he's, model. He's no, he's no like Nagash though, is he really? I mean, he's no Admiral Akbar, let alone Nagash. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's very true. Uh, right, we are already. Right. Round so, so, what are you the god of? Uh, nice hats, <laughs> big moustaches, Ether Gold, or something Aether like that. There you, go. there you go. Right, um, Matt, your top choice, please. Well, I've, I've got a feeling my top choice might be Jay's top choice here, and I, I'm kind of cursing myself that I've put this as number one, but I would genuinely like to see it. And that is Orion, King of the Woods. Obviously, we've got Alariel in, in you know, the, the, the Sylvaneth, but Orion was where it's at. And back in the day when I started the game, I fell in love with that Orion model. It made me pick up the, the, the Wood Elves army book and start a Wood Elf army. Imagine if we got Orion in AOS. With an awesome new plastic kit. How cool would that be? Maybe leading the Kernothi, because, you know, he's Kernoth, isn't he? Well, that yeah. would be almost like the twin aspect. You've got Tyrion and Teclis mm. from the, uh, the, the, the the moon and the, the sun elves. Uh, Olariel and, and Orion for the, the, the um, tree and elfkin. Yeah, I think obviously we've seen Alariel's been involved in all of the Broken Realms books so far in some in some way. So there's there's something going on going on in them woods, isn't there? Yeah, I, especially with death sort of now retreating, the power of life coming back to to the mortal realms. Um, yeah, it would be cool. And and I mean that is a direction they could take the Sylvan F. Um, Orion, like you say, he was just as big a part of the whole Wood Elf sort of. Um, army as 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 um, the Ever Queen ever was. Um, yeah. You had the, the the Wild Hunt, the War Dances, um, and now we've got the Kanafi. So yeah, I, I saw a really really cool conversion using um, Magnus the Red, the 40k version. Yeah, like I think it was, it was, it, was it was it was it um, Laura from Warhammer Community Pegasus. She does loads of cool conversions. I'm sure she used. Um, yeah, uh, Magnus is the main body of him, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the old metal kit was fantastic as well, with the two hounds. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it stood up to the test of time. Obviously, it's a little small now. It's like the old Bellicor, kind of tiny compared to everything else. But, yeah. yeah well, I, it's a I know. I know. He's been <laughs> working out, hasn't he? Um, but, yeah. I And out of all these ones on my list, I think this is the most likely one as well maybe not broken realms but at some point in the future if we do get a new and whether it's a sylvaneth book with the with the kernothi involved or they have their own spin-off book i'm pretty sure we'll see orion in some aspect in the future yeah i think so as well and i mean if if there's so many think ways they can take so because I, I know alariel wasn't too happy with the old wood elves and the wanderers and we know at the end of the 
um, the end time, sorry, the um, was it Aralaf, wasn't it? Or Aralif, the um, Wanderer hero who had only mm. just come out with that recent version of the battle uh, army book. He took some wanderers and escaped the destruction of the old world. Um, you've also got the Kanafi coming back now, and there seems to be a bit of a, um, of a of a conflict between the the Kanafi and, and Alariel. Um, so with Alariel, be, be, you know, all this power coming back now to the the um, realm of life and and life magic, could it corrupt Alariel a little bit? Could it turn Alariel into almost like Galadriel, where she's yeah, temporary? I was thinking that, and, and and Orion maybe keep her in check as another power just to. Yeah, because mm. you know she lose she lose to a rise of life. Could it be the rebirth of of Orion? Yeah, and she she does mention um, she has ways to fight the the darkness that even Teclis isn't aware of. Um, mm. Yeah, and there was a, a really very cool relationship between Orion and, and the Ever Queen uh, with the seasons, wasn't it? In the Oak of Ages, they'd step into the Oak of Ages and at the end of the season and come back out in the spring with the Wild Hunt. That yeah, was really cool. And that she is saying now spring is back. You know, so that was when the Wild Hunt sort of came from the uh, the Oak of Ages. Oh, see, the really hard thing is though, I'd want to do a Wood Elf Army then, Jay, as well. <laughs> <laughs> I think that all sounds very feasible. Mm. Um, definitely a great top choice there, Matt. Uh, Jay, what what is your top choice? Is it Orion? It, it was Orion, but but I, I can I can choose a different one. So so obviously Orion was was my number one. I'm painting up this um, Qualafis the Exile now. I'm reading a book with the Sylvan F and the Kernoff in. Um, I, I'm really hoping that by the time we finish the Luminef, that it, it is the time of the Sylvanef again, and I, and I can get cracking with with one of those armies. Um, but to to tide me over, uh, I would also like to see a new Tyrion model, mm. uh, Broken Realms Tyrion. Now, uh, whether I'd like to see it straight away, or do we really need another Luminef <laughs> rules with a book? I don't know. Not this soon. I don't know. But then I don't think people would be too unhappy with a Tyrion model riding some sort of phoenix dragon type mount so you know yeah i mean Tyrion would be ace wouldn't he he's, he, he let's face it he's coming there's, there's gonna be more lumineth isn't there at some point yeah definitely i mean it was interesting in the latest battle tome where they added two more great nations so there are only two gr- more great nations now and these two great nations they added um helon and alumnia they're from the Tyrion Tyrion half of hish um, and obviously, Alumnia is very military focused. Lots of Venari wardens and um, Venari sentinels and dawn riders and things, and the ballista. Um, uh, they've talked about chariots um, in mm. the past, so you could see Tyrion coming out on some sort of dragon mount with a chariot sort of unit for the for the um, Lumina. That'd be cool. I mean, we've got his like herald, haven't we? The special character is the yeah, voice the of Tyrion, is. isn't he? Yes, he is, yeah. Can you imagine a third Luminef battle tone within three years? Well, I could actually, Dave. You, <laughs> I could just yeah, think. You you're uh, you're, yeah, you're going to yeah. have to justify book three in the review, Jay. Oh, yeah. It would just be Tyrion. That would be my justification. <laughs> Excellent. I'm going to finish uh, finish this off with uh, my top choice. Um, and this was very nearly. Uh, he's already had a mention this top three. It was very nearly Gorkamorka. Um, but for some reason I. I just I, I just don't know if we're going to get a model for him just yet. But I wanted to keep it destruction. So I've decided to go for Gordrak. Um, so I'm a big fan of the Oruk War Clans. Uh, and we know Gordrak. I think Gordrak uh, in, in the lore at the moment is kind of being set up for bigger things. Um, I think destruction needs some big name characters. Because unlike Death, where you've got Nagash uh, and you've got the likes of 
I don't know, Teclas and uh, L'Oreal for the for Order and um, you've got uh, for uh, Chaos, you've got Archeon, you've got Bellacore. I don't think you've got quite as much of that on the destruction side of things. Now, that could change if um, the, um, yeah, Kragnos is, is from destruction, um, which is why I think he, he probably is going to be. I think he's, he's probably going to be a big major new model for the destruction forces. Um, but I, I would like to see Gordrak um, play a more play a more prominent role because his actual rules benefit um, destruction as a um, an order as, as a keyword, not just the Oryx um, with his command ability. So, and I would like to see a, a new Gordrak model which um, looks more unique. At the moment, yeah, he does look different than your kind of standard uh, Oryx warboss on Warcrusher. But I think it could be so much more epic. Like, I've seen some really cool conversions of Gordrak, which, you know, would look absolutely brilliant as a GW box model. Um, and, yeah, I think you'd make a great sort of centerpiece model for a Destruction Army. So, yeah, my, my top choice is um, is Gordrak. Um, chat, I don't know if you guys agree could be a good choice. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think I think Destruction needs one. I think... Kragnos probably is. I was just just thinking then. We've obviously we we know we're four Broken Realms books. Marathi obviously very order based with Marathi. Teclas's name's on the book, but it's very much a book about Nagash, isn't it? For death. Mm. Bellacore's demons. So book four presumably would involve destruction, and all the factions have been involved. Mm. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I really can't wait to to read this next book, especially if it's very. So I'm in a very destruction kind of. Uh, zone at the moment, so yeah, it'd be cool to see what. Very what destructive. Very destructive. Dave Smash. Dave Smash. Right, um, that is our top three choices. We do have the community top three choices to finish off this podcast, and they are coming up next. It is time for the final segment of the podcast. It is the community top three picks. What have we got over on Twitter, Matt? So Thanqual says, any Skaven other than Thanqual? There's a suggestion that Ikit Claw is still around, isn't there? Uh, Gordrak, because it feels like the Greenskins need some fun. And Malarian, surely his time has come. Yeah, I think so too. Fabius Fulgrim going with the really obscure ones. So if you've heard of any of these, shout up. Broken Realms, Hengus the Druid. Is he the guy from the Albion expansion when you know, they had the giants and the little druid kit that came out? <laughs> Broken Realms Felix and Broken Realms Midas the Mean. I don't know Midas oh. the Mean. I don't know if he was a... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Pete Allison, Valkyrie the Bloody. Yes. Neferata and Manfred von Karstein. Honourable mention to Broken Realms Johan. Uh, Old Boy Phil says Malarian, Gordrak and Nicodermius Boomkill. <laughs> Sancho says Brock Grunvinson. Uh, Tim Edwards, Vlad von Karstein, Malarian, and Gordrak. Gordrak's getting a lot of love today. Yeah. Uh, Engra says Setra. Oh, how could I forget Setra? That's an obvious choice, isn't it? Uh, Drakenfels and Aberash. Uh, Bulizimian says Malharian. Apologies if I just absolutely butchered your name there. Cinderful uh, Gaming have, have, have linked a video. Uh, so unfortunately, I, I haven't watched that before reading this list, but I'm sure there's some awesome ones in there if you check out Cinderful Gaming's Twitter. Uh, Wag <laughs> Dabadoo says Gotrek, Orion and Kairos. 
Uh, e Wargaming says definitely Vlad. Uh, Nevermore says Lord Croak, and it seems like Lord Croak's off the list now. <laughs> <laughs> at least you got at least you got Croak, Nevermore. Yeah, oh man, choose Orion next. Harry Sherwin, Broken Realms of Lad, where he and Isabella turn up and kick all the vampires into line would be great. I'd like to see that. Uh, I'd also like to see Broken Realms Setra and Broken Realms Leon Coeur for uh, your Britannian Dave. Thanks Rocking. for pronouncing that better than I did, Matt. Rocco, your boy, says Alario, Gordrak, and Bragoth from the old Ogre Battalion. That let you take Uruks and Ogres in the same army. What do you think of an Uruk Ogre army, Dave? Ah, oh, yeah, I remember that guy. I remember that battalion when I when I first looked at Ogres. Yeah, I totally, I totally build an, uh, an Uruk <laughs> Ogre army. That'd be mint. Uh, Jamie from Roma Plastic says Morga. Carl Houston says Malarian, Malarian, Malarian. Sargeel says. Kernoth, Alario, and Dreicher. And then Andy Wood says, Gordrak, because wah. Man- Manfred, as I really want to know why he works for Nagash now. And Thankwall, as the Skaven haven't been in the narrative that much. There's some really good choices there. Mm. Some very, very good choices. I want to read all these books too. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for all your contributions. And um, Matt, what have we got? for next week's top three well as we've all built Kerr city and i know everyone in the community is super excited about it i want to know your favorite three models from the cursed city box so you can get your choices in via social media facebook.com forward slash spruce and brews or you can tweet to us at spruce and brews or check out our post which normally goes up on the sunday and monday before we record of which you can then reply to and send in your choices that brings us to the end of another week's episode. It's been awesome. As always, guys, looking forward to the next podcast already. Have a great week of hobby. and We'll be back again very soon. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Brews podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbrews.com. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at spruceandbrews.com or head over to facebook.com forward slash sprues and brews.